Welcome to The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry of St. Mark Baptist Church. Today, as part of our family, you will experience the life-changing and spirit-nurturing Word of God. Please enjoy this time with us as we're committed to helping you grow in knowledge, grow in faith, and grow in God. St. Mark Baptist Church, you grow here. Well, welcome back to the Growth Factor Podcast. This is season two, Pastor P. Season two. We went through season one and you guys were amazing, gave us some great feedback on season one. We could not wait to start this season because we think that this is going to immensely bless our people. My name is Pastor John. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at St. Mark Baptist Church. And this is a broadcast ministry of the St. Mark Baptist Church here in Little Rock. And I'm here with our senior pastor, Pastor Philip L. Pointer Sr., and we are going to dive deeper or dig deeper this season. Yes, That's sir. our theme for this season. And we're going to be talking about scripture, what we love to talk about. Yes. But uh, we've heard some feedback from some folks who are listeners and who some of our members at our church. And they're like, Pastor P, how do you get that out of that text? <laughs> right, right. And right. they say, Pastor John, how do you get that out of that text? And I always tell folks, it's not that we're deep but we're disciplined yeah and we've learned some spiritual disciplines to help us to study the bible mm -hmm. so we thought that we would title this particular part of our season make it make sense and helping you all understanding how to go about approaching uh, studying this sacred text because it's important for our spiritual lives, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, the Bible is God's mind to humankind, and there is no substitute um, for rigorous, vigorous study of the Scripture because this is the way we know um, God's mind to us. It, it, it's a recording of God, uh, God's history with people, how God has dealt with humankind, uh, through um, human history uh, and the need for salvation, mm. the means of salvation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and then what we are to do uh, if we are followers of Jesus Christ. And so that is the, that's the critical element of the scripture, that, that you know God as much as you know your Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we have picked up tools along the way mm -hmm. as pastors and leaders and as seminary trained, both of us being seminary trained, that we want to provide folks to help them know how to study the Bible. But I think it's important before we even give people tools yeah. that they understand the why behind the how. You know, Simon Sinek talks about this in his book, Start With Why, where he talks about leadership principles. He's saying never start with the how. You have to start with why so people understand the why behind your how before you get there. And I think it's going to be important for us as pastors to help people understand why the study of Scripture is so important for their spiritual growth and their development. And, and Pastor John, this is so critical. And the reason it's critical is because there are people who study Scripture, mm -hmm. but not all for the same reason. Yeah. Um, the old preachers would say the devil knows the Bible better than all of us. <laughs> and so... Um, uh, James says, even the demons believe and tremble, mm. but they are not studying for transformation. They're not studying to become closer to God mm. um, in the same way that there is a purely academic way of approaching the scripture yeah. that is um, designed to create questions. And much of what people are hearing today that's communicated as true about the Bible it comes from a, an academic attempt to explain it, to take out of it all of its spiritual elements, to deny the reality of, of, of the possibility of miracles mm. um, and those kinds of things, and to see if there is a humanistic explanation mm. uh, for many of the things that we see in the Scripture. And there is a that's a way to approach study of the Bible. Mm. But to approach it nefariously, <laughs> like Satan and his imps and other fades perhaps might do, and to, uh, to approach it just academically. Wow robs you of the rich resource and treasure of truth that the Bible really is. Yeah, and, and I always tell people, uh, when you approach Bible study, don't study the Bible. Let the Bible study you. Yeah. And we shouldn't approach Scripture as if we're looking through a window, but more so through a mirror. Yeah. Because it should always reflect upon you, and you should always be reflecting personally on Scripture rather than 
figuring out these tools, how you can unpack certain texts and yeah. things like that. Yeah. That's not the most important part for us. And I don't think it should be most important part for anybody that's doing study. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's it's important that you come with a bare soul as much as possible. And we'll talk about, you know, techniques and, and, and all kinds of things. And I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> um, but but more than anything, um, grasping the re if you don't understand the reason we have scripture, we have the Bible, mm. then you won't ever understand what it is and how to interpret it properly. Yeah. So, and, so, so this episode, we're going to talk about why, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take the co-host Liberty to ask you a personal question because I think folks will be helped by this. So you have personally, this year is going to mark 30 years of preaching the gospel. Yeah. 20 years of pastoral leadership and then 10 years as being pastor of a local church body here at St. Mark in Little Rock. So I want to ask you personally, most of your life has been committed to this book. Yeah. So what is your why behind this book that you've committed most of your life to? And I think it's, it's two directions, John. I think it's inward and outward. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, um, as I think about it, it's more upward than, than anything. So wow. maybe a third. So upwardly, my study of scripture is to know God, yeah. to know Jesus Christ, um, and and to be formed into his image. Mm-hmm. And so as such, study is an act of worship. And I'm I'm, I don't want to get emotional already. It's too soon. It's first episode, first season. Um, but study is an act of worship. The The reason I am so committed to study is because that is one of the ways, as much as singing for me, as much as giving is for me, as much as serving other people is for me, study is an act of worship. Yeah. As critical as prayer, as fasting, as all of these things that we think of when we think of spiritual disciplines, study is a part of my worship life. And then it's a part of my duty that's inward, that then there's an outward aspect. I'm responsible for teaching um, um, and for um, equipping the saints, according to Ephesians chapter 4, for the work of ministry. And so I cannot do that properly. I will not do that faithfully without a real vigorous disciplined life of study mm-hmm. and um now listen there are all kind of preachers who preach all kind of ways yeah. um i was trained um that the text is central to the sermon mm-hmm. <laughs> and as such um the point of the passage should be the point of your sermon my father told me when i first started preaching god doesn't need another ignorant preacher <laughs> and he said, I'm going to let him use me to keep you from being one. And so that was, there was, there was a discipline birthed in me wow. to, when I stand up before people, get the text right. Mm. Get the text right. Is, is that what that text means? Mm. Not does, not is that what it means to me? Yeah. That's not the question. Is that what the text means? Yeah. What is the eternal truth? And we, you know, we'll get into that <laughs> later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But that's my why is worship, personal transformation, and then ministry to the body yeah yeah man we have the most compelling convincing narrative around god's love for his people here in this text Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the reasons that i feel like i'm compelled for my why is something that bruce shelley says in his uh, church history and plain language book to open it he says that um out of all the major religions christianity is the only one where the humiliation of god is a central event. Yeah. And when you think about the cross of Christ, you think about God becoming flesh and him being humiliated for our sake and for his grace to be poured out um, on the cross. Man, that that right there, every time that I read that story, the gospel just washes over me anew and yeah. afresh. And to be able to to teach this and to preach this, man, is a is a privilege and to help other people understand it. Yeah is a privilege so for me my, my why is, is is similar to you man i just feel like it is an act of worship because it points back to this idea that man this is the only means of salvation yeah i mean i john fourteen six, right yeah. jesus says i'm the way the truth and the life but people don't like to hear that these days but because of the story that it tells yeah i have to 
Yeah. I have to herald that story. I have and, to tell that story. And, and, and I, you know, we, you say these things and people say, oh, it's insensitive and, 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 and offensive. And unfortunately, perhaps it is. Mm. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword mm. to set um, father and son. The thing about it is all religions aren't the same. Mm. Yeah. And it's an insult. Yeah. If you go over to the East and you tell them, oh, that's just like Christianity, they are insulted. Mm. You insult other cultures and beliefs when you try to make them the same. Wow. We're the only ones who want to make them all the same <laughs> in the West. That's not true. It's not true. The unique aspect, the unique thing about Christianity, and, and Pastor John, you just said it, mm. is that the gospel is unlike, and as much as people want to say, oh, these stories are like that story, that the gospel is unlike any other religious story. Mm. It is the only one that says you are not involved in your salvation, in every other religion, you have to strive for nirvana or for utopia or to be accepted. This is the only one who says you can't do anything about it. Mm. It has to be given to you, graced to you. And the grace aspect of the gospel is what makes it unique. And the Bible is the only book that communicates that grace. Mm. That's all. And this is why it's reliable and trustworthy because it says what's true about humanity, which is we are inherently mm. flawed and incapable of achieving the ends we know mm. we should we should we should meet the goals we know morally that we should meet. We cannot meet those goals, mm. and so someone it is it is theologically called an alien righteousness. Yes, sir. Christ's righteousness has to be put on us, imputed to us, uh, given to us for the sake. Of, of being acceptable uh, to God, and um, and that that is why the Bible is so critical. That's the the why that that be, believing that story, yeah. <laughs> believing that truth, mm. um, is is what is what fuels yeah. my passion for the Scripture. That's so good. Yeah. And we would say believing that story actually means you have to know the story, yeah, which means yeah. you actually have to read the story, yeah. right? So <laughs> so I think that we have to impress upon people the why for studying scripture. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just to check off a box on your to-do list to say that you've read the Bible in a year as a goal, yeah. but we really want you to read for transformation. And I think that when we think about the why behind the how, we got to start with uh, scripture being one of the primary means for us to know God yeah. and knowing God, right? So God has chosen to reveal himself through scriptures. Yes. So we got to unpack that a little bit and talk about the different ways that God chooses to reveal himself because God is spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And God is, has no physical form per se. And what we have to think through is how has God chosen to reveal himself to his people? And there are a couple of different modes of doing that, right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, we, we talk about God. We speak of God anthropomorphically. That is, yeah. um, that, that just means we speak of God in ways and God reveals God's self in ways that we can understand. We, we trans, God translates mm -hmm. the unknowable to, to us. Uh, so when we say the hand of the Lord, God doesn't really have hands. The yeah. eyes of the Lord, God doesn't really have eyes. God is spirit. Yeah. Uh, and so because of our inability to discover God. God is not discoverable. God must be revealed. And the only one who can reveal God is God. God himself. In fact, the word revelation in the original languages simply means uncovering. It means to take the cover off. Um, and so uh, that's the picture of, of God showing God's self to us. Mm. And we see that in a couple of ways. There's general revelation, John, and then there's special revelation. And when you look at these two um, ways that God reveals you see how all of humanity has the privilege of um, of knowing God in some way, um, but then there are specific ways, special ways that God then reveals God's self to humankind mm. that makes the transmission of the gospel necessary. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so and so that's that's how we look at it. Yeah. yeah. So so we want to start with general revelation mm -hmm. before we move into scripture as a means of specific revelation, we want to make sure you all understand what general re revelation is and how God does so in scripture, because yeah. we're going to turn to God's word, right? And it starts in uh, Psalm 19, yeah. or at least we see it prominent in Psalms ni Psalm 19. Yeah. 
and the first six verses I'm going to read here for us. This is a Psalm of David here, and it reads as follows. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor there are words whose voice is not heard. Mm -hmm. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden, hidden from its heat. Now this is... Uh, usually considered by many scholars as a polemic against sun worship. We talked yeah. about this in our previous season where they're worshiping all these other gods. Well, there's a ancient Near East practice of worshiping the sun. Yeah. And many scholars believe that this is actually speaking directly against the sun. And what we see here is nature itself declaring the glory of God. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so here's the thing. So you, you're talking about and again, we'll talk about the scripture not being written in a vacuum. There are other cultures, other faiths around the writing of scripture. And again, sun worship was a prominent feature in many and I would dare say most yep. um, ancient systems of faith. Uh, and so the, the ancient Hebrew writers mm. wanted to make sure that they were clear as inspired by the Holy Spirit mm. that. While you're worshiping the sun, the sun is actually pointing you to the one you should be worshiping. Thanks. That's general revelation that when you look at nature, when you look at the rising of the sun, when you look at the, um, the reflection of the moon, when you look mm -hmm. at the stars um, and, and, and the celestial bodies, when you look at how grass grows and how, um, mm -hmm. how life um, um, recycles itself through um, through uh, you know death and rebirth and those kinds of things. Mm. A, a body falls to the ground and and worms eat the body, and then the bird comes and eats the worms, and then the you know the something else comes and eats the bird. That mm. that life cycle, all of those things should be pointing to a designer. Mm. And and as humankind wow. has grown in our scientific understanding, um, when you look into the body of a cell, that's a machine. <laughs> there there are there are machines. In our cells, mm -hmm. uh, when you look at um, Fibonacci sequence and, and and perfect numbers and all of these things that are so orderly, they speak to a designer. Wow! And that's what that's what uh, general revelation is. That if you just observe nature, mm -hmm. you will observe that there must be an all powerful, yeah. transcendent God, something, some entity that exists outside of time, space, and matter. Yeah. And that's that's general revelation. And, and that's one of the ways God has chosen to reveal God's self. Yeah. And, and that's what the psalmist is saying. He, he's saying, in essence, that the greatest evangelist to God as creator mm -hmm. is his nature and yeah. creation, yeah. natural creation, right? There, it, there are a couple of participles here that talk about continuous. Like on and on. They're continually declaring they every day and night, stop. proclaiming <laughs> his glory every single day and night. Yeah. This, is, this is an apologetic, which basically means that you're defending the faith, right? There are mm -hmm. some people out there that say, well, what about so-and-so who's never heard the gospel? Well, <laughs> right, yeah. Psalm 19 says that there's a continuous declaration of the glory of yeah. the creator God. Yep. And we're going to get to Romans 1 here soon, yeah. which means that they're hearing mm -hmm. about this creator or seeing about this creator without, without nature having to even say anything. It's talking without talking. <laughs> you know, it's talking without talking. Yeah. Um, God's glory, and, mm. and 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 that's the word that's that, that's key to the to the, the understanding of the passage. Yeah. The glory, the heavens declare the glory of God. It's the Hebrew word kabod. It is the mm. heaviness, the weight yeah. of God, the thing that makes us have awe yeah. of God. And I, John, I say this all the time from a practical perspective. I think that we live. In an, in, in an irreverent culture mm. because we're a culture so far removed from nature. Mm. What we normally see, yeah. unless you make it a something deliberate to get out of nature, what you normally see are things that are man-made mm. from what God made. That's good. And that's why we hold man in such, humankind in such great esteem. Mm. 
our buildings, our vehicles, our technology. Um, but all of those things came from what God made. Yeah. And without going and seeing the vastness of a river or an ocean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Looking at the vastness of a forest, mm-hmm. those kind of things, grasslands, which, uh, and unless you deliberately expose yourself to those kinds of things, mm-hmm. it's easy to be so impressed by what humankind has accomplished mm-hmm. that we forget about the God who created it all. Yeah, and the yeah. crazy part is when you do get in those settings, the all sets in on you. Oh, goodness gracious. Because it's just the human, the human nature is to say, wow, there has to be something that created this or someone who created this, right? Yeah. I just like the fact that the psalmist here, and we're going to turn to Romans 1 here in just a second, but the psalmist here create create uses the sun as kind of a cosmic council, uh, camper. Yeah. He, he, he puts him into a tent, yep. and then he says, I'm going to be your divine track coach. Yeah. I'm going to make you run circuits around the world. Like he's controlling this thing that they worship. Yeah. So he's very intentional about saying that this sun that y'all worship, mm-hmm. It's just, just part of nature. And, and again, it's speaking of the sun, even anthropomorphically, right. as if yeah. it were alive. Mm-hmm. And if if so, mm-hmm. if it's that great and that powerful, mm-hmm. it's just the dog and God's master. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? It's go the, to your tent. Yeah, yeah, go on, go on, lay down. All right, now, that's enough. Go lay down. It's time for the moon. You right, know, right, that right, kind right. of thing. So, that's good. That's yeah. good. So let's look at Paul's words in Romans chapter 1 mm-hmm. to kind of help bridge that. Uh, Old Testament, New Testament gap here on this because they're going to be very helpful to, to yeah. help. To and, help and, and Pastor John, so we really don't need, even need to read this passage. And let me tell you why. I mm. taught on this a couple of years ago in 2018, and I know that all of the St. Mark members oh, they good. already know everything about this passage because I taught on you. So you should never, ever have forgotten anything I ever taught at any time. Even though it was four years ago, you should know. Enough said. We, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, can move yeah. on because Re- I know. Re- refer to your note. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to look at uh, Romans 1 just yeah. in case. Just in okay, case. Just maybe got some new folk. We got some new folk. <laughs> so, so Romans 1, uh, and this is Paul's Magnus Opus, the book of Romans. And he's he had just mentioned in verse number 17, for in, the right, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And then he's talking about the gospel. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So he's saying that God has acted mm-hmm. through the gospel, and you're supposed to live by faith in this thing. But then he talks about how the Gentiles have fallen short, yep. and then the Jews shortly after yep. that, right? Yep. The first part of the book of Romans is simply everybody's guilty. Everybody, everybody. Everybody guilty. Whether you, whether you grew up in the covenant community of, of, of the Jews or you grew up outside mm-hmm. of that um, in the Gentile world, everybody— mm-hmm is guilty and in need of grace. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the argument of Romans, which is uh, basically a legal brief, yep. um, is everybody needs grace. You can only access that grace through faith. You can't do anything to get it. you got to just believe. And that's the only way God has ever dealt with mm-hmm. humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the point. That's the point of, of, of the book, that it's grace through faith. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you come to chapter one, he's going to say, hey, all right, well, mm-hmm. let's start with the with those who have been outside the covenant family of, of Israel because they didn't get the law. Mm-hmm. They don't have Moses. They didn't have Moses as as their as their prophet and, and progenitor. You know, they didn't they're not from the natural physical seed of, of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Yeah. So so what about those people? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they be excused from trying to live righteously? And he says, for the wrath of God, verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them Mm -hmm. because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse without excuse some translations say mm. clearly openly perceived mm. that 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 this isn't even this ain't even uh, this isn't even multiplication and division this is this is this isn't even addition and subtraction this is counting right that that god made it that clear mm. in creation and and you know when you when you go back to um, ancient faiths, they generally started many of them with nature as the basis for their system of belief yeah. and doctrine. 
Yeah. Um, now, what happened is the human heart perverted it, mm. and we began to make gods in our image as opposed to understanding we were made in the image of God. Yeah. Um, but but nature has always told the story that there is an eternal, all-powerful, transcendent creator. Yeah. And, and, and just observing nature means that those who have done so are without excuse because it is, text it, clear. Clear. In nature. Clear in nature. And so, so that is what general revelation is all about, mm-hmm. that, that God as creator has revealed in nature, has revealed himself in nature so that people uh, across the globe, because nature proclaims him day and night as creator, mm-hmm. are without excuse. Yeah. 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 So, so let's turn now to special revelation, which, which we want to talk about here shortly. Okay? Every, everybody is in the general revelation crew. Category. Yeah, everybody gets general revelation. And then God progressively reveals more specifics about God's nature through special revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there, there, I mean, several ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one we want to talk about is theophanies. I love so it. that's that's a big word, okay? Big theological word. We learned it in seminary. So let's talk about what theophanies mean. It basically means God revealing. Yes. So theos and the face, mm-hmm. face of God showing up in the Old Testament. That's mm-hmm. what theophany is. Yeah. And we see that in several instances. We're only going to look at one of them, but there are several times where God just shows up. God just. It's it's a and and I am of the school, uh, John, theologically that I believe that these Old Testament, Old Covenant appearances of God are appearances of Jesus Christ. Christophanies, right? And 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 in in the same way, so every theophany is also a Christophany. It is it is also the face of Christ. And now it does not always happen in human form. So mm. one we're not going to look at. You can look at Genesis chapter eighteen. And Abraham is chilling by his tent mm-hmm. door, and three people come walking up. <laughs> Two are angels, and one is God. Mm-hmm. And um, they start eating together and everything. He says, hey, man, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and he sends the two angels and, and he's he like says, I'm out yeah, and he says alright alright peace I say, oh, y'all gonna have a baby and I'm finna destroy this place so I'll, I'll see y'all later that's the conversation yeah. uh, but then we're gonna see one where it's not a human form mm. not a human form here yeah, yeah we're text. gonna see it in Exodus chapter 3 and some people may be familiar with this text but it's where Moses shows up um, and he's getting ready to go to his regular job yep, keep yep. the flocks yep. uh, and something happens here in chapter 3 that we want to talk about here briefly, and and and, and John, I, I need to contextualize Make, this for bring me. the context because yeah. man, Moses is eighty, eighty years old. He's on the back end of life, career, life, everything. You know what I mean? He 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 grew up in the palace. Mm-hmm. He's now out in the in the in the desert with his father-in-law. He's got a nice, quiet life. Already has tried to take care of his people. Yeah, failed. Yeah, he 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 wanted to be a liberator for them <laughs> his own way. Yeah. He killed an Egyptian, mm-hmm. and then his own folk turned on him. Which yep. that's what y'all do. Mm. Somebody try to help you, and then you turn on him. Talking about him bad. Amen. Amen. Church. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but man, he's chill. He's not trying to have mm. this next phase experience. Yeah. That yeah. that God is getting ready to, getting ready to force him into. Yeah. Mind and business. Mind is business. Yeah. So, so here we go. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Herob, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Listen, man. This is so difficult because this could be a whole episode oh of my itself, goodness. right? Oh my goodness! I'm I, as you're reading it, I like. Mm. Yeah, you're looking at looking at little nuggets, mm. right? Oh yeah. But yes. these are things we're going to teach people to look for yes, as absolutely. we're as we're looking through it, right? Absolutely. Because I mean, the word Herb actually means wasteland. Yep. He meets God. Yep. In a wasteland. In a wasteland. Yep. That's crazy. So so here we have he's forty years with Pharaoh, forty years 
with Flox, and like you said, he's at the back end of his career, and now God shows up and shows up in this burning bush. What's that all about? Man, it's crazy because we don't have a physical explanation of what this burning bush is. It could be that it's a light, um, that's, that God is just, there's a glory in this bush. It could be literal fire. This could be Moses' attempt to describe the indescribable, on fire but not consumed. But whatever it is, it's God. Right. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we do know. Yeah. We do know. And, and John, one of the nuances, mm. this is why you got to read the Bible slowly. Mm-hmm. And this is why you need to read it over and over again. This is one of the techniques, reading it slowly, reading it over and over again. Yep. Look at one of the nuances, one of the details mm. that's happening. God doesn't put the bush in Moses' face. Does not. It's off to the side. Mm. And God is, it's as if God is waiting on Moses That's good. to turn his attention to this bush. And Moses says, hmm, let me go see what this is about. Mm. It's, it's an invitation. Mm. It's an interruption in some ways, mm. but it's also an invitation. Yeah. Mm. And in the same way, wow. God does that in our lives. There, 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 there are things that God is just going to invite you to. He's going to try to draw your attention mm-hmm. to what he's trying to do in your life and to his will and to, his, and to your calling and to the, the ways that you can serve other mm-hmm. people. And it's, not, it's something you, you may have to turn aside to. That's good. You know, rather than focus just on what you're doing and where you're going and what you have to do today, mm-hmm. there, are, there are little fires mm-hmm. <laughs> on the side. Yeah. You know, and th- again, that's one of the nuances of, of, of the text. It, it, get, it illuminates mm. God's offer to come. And that's why it's so important to read texts that you think are familiar slow. Yeah. Because you will not catch that if you don't le- read it slowly. Right. Yeah. Even with him taking off his sandals, this is a cultural practice. Yeah. You don't wear sandals in the presence of a king culturally. No. So what is God doing here? He's saying you might do that for earthly kings. Yeah. But I need you to take them things off right, in the presence right, of right, yeah. the true king. You're not going to respect that more than you respect <laughs> me. But, but, but this is a theophany. It's an Old mm-hmm. Testament appearance yeah. of, of God. It's God in some kind of form that the human senses can observe. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that's what a theophany is. It's, it's, it's Old Testament appearance. In a, it's not a dream. It's not mm-hmm. somebody's vision. Mm-hmm. It's a physical experience that someone has mm. with God. That's good. And and again, God translating God's self for the sake of God making God's self known to humankind. And it's special. So you're not gonna walk by mm. a bush and it be on fire and it's God. <laughs> it's consumed? specific to that's Moses' thing. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna speak to the sun and the sun stand still. That's Joshua's thing. There are specific, Please tell the people, yeah, because yeah, I know people yeah. like, oh, I'm about to get me a theophany. <laughs> right, yeah, no, 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 no. And somebody said, I, well, I've had a theophany because I remember God showed up. No, no, no he, didn't. he didn't. No, he didn't, baby. That was Did that, not. That was that burrito you had and you put it on too much hot sauce. That's what happened. That was <laughs> the only thing that was burning was your stomach. <laughs> the point we're making is God chose to do that in the Old Testament. And then what, what we'll talk about as we, we, we get further in it in our Bible nerdness is, is coming alive just, now. All of it's going off. <laughs> is, is, is that this was necessary mm. until we have a revelation of God in the person of Jesus Christ and I'm ahead of things. The ultimate theophany. And, and, then, and then the scripture. Yes, sir. And so those things, these things are pointing to mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, always pointing to, when in everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus Christ, and then the New Testament is because of mm. Jesus Christ. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and we we gonna get in trouble, man, because we <laughs> we're sitting on these texts, but they're so good, man. Yeah. They're so good. So yeah. so let's talk about dreams. We talked about dreams. Yeah. Let's talk about a dream that happened in Genesis chapter twenty eight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we got to distinguish, John, that what happens in this dream mm-hmm. is revelation, but it's not a theophany. It's not. It's not a theophany. That's a different. Yeah type of revelation or yeah. a different a different way God reveals yeah. God's self. Because a theophany is an actual appearance. It's a physical appearance. A dream, you fell asleep. Yep. And you're seeing something in yep. your sleep, right? Yep. Or or vision is something that you're God is um hijacking your imagination as it were mm-hmm. uh, in order to reveal himself to you. Yep. So so here we got uh Jacob who is on the run mm-hmm. uh and he is going towards Heron 
and something happens out out there while he's doing that and we're going to look at that in uh genesis 28 verse 10 jacob left beersheba and went towards Haran, and came and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set taking one of the stones of the place he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep and he dreamed and behold there was a ladder mm-hmm. set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of god were ascending and descending on it and behold the lord stood above it and said i am the lord the god of abraham your father and the god of isaac the land on which you lie i will give to you and your offspring i'm going to stop there yeah and go down to verse 16 then jacob awoke from his sleep and said surely the lord is in this place and i did not know it yes sir and he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of god and this is the gate of heaven yeah Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah it's a lot it's a lot and and we got to hurry john but <laughs> but but ooh, man so god revealing god's self in dreams so mm-hmm. so back up this yeah. is pre-moses mm-hmm. um abraham had experienced a, the- a theophany yeah um isaac gets you know not the same experience as abraham god speaks to him jacob gets a dream Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God speaks to each of them, mm. but in different ways. Yes, sir. With the same promise now, I'm going to bless your offspring. I'm going to give them this land. Yeah. Through you, all the family of the earth will be blessed. Abrahamic promise confirmed. Abraham, this way. Isaac, another way. Mm. Jacob, another way. Mm. And Jacob gets this dream where he sees this ladder, which is not like the ladder we would think of. It's like a ramp or something um, where angels are coming up and down and people have speculated about, you know, bringing prayers to and fro. We don't know what's don't going know on what that's... exactly. Uh, but he sees God involved in humankind's affairs yes, sir. and and active in, in humankind's affairs. And then he wakes up and says, the Lord is in this place. And that's where we get the term Bethel. Bethel, Bethel from Beth, meaning house. El yeah. is a shortened form of uh, Elohim or God, yeah. um, house of God. And they were, they were like us. Like yeah. we, we name stuff with descriptions. Yep. Exactly. It's like, this is the house of God. Yep. It's going to be Bethel. Yep. Exactly. This is the house of fish. This yep. is going to be Beth Sander. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> house, so, house of figs. And, yeah, yeah, Beth yeah, Page house, is the house yeah, of figs. Yeah, they yeah. just did like black folks do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the house of mercy. Uh, mercy. So it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's what happened to him, and he marks it, mm. but God speaks to him there. Again, special revelation. Yeah. You probably won't see that ladder. Mm. I don't Maybe, mm. maybe, but probably not. I don't think you will. <laughs> I don't think you're going to see a ladder. There is one. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to see it. I, I don't think so either. Maybe. I'm not saying never. <laughs> I'm just saying probably not. Because, again, special. Special revelation, and God gives different people different dreams and visions. And I still believe God works in dreams and visions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not denying the reality of those things. Mm. I am saying that you're not gonna get Jacob's vision because it was special revelation, and the recording of it is what you need. You don't need to have that vision because we have it recorded, mm. and its significance is not lost to us. It is as significant for us. As it was for Jacob, because we have it in Scripture. I don't have time for that, John. Listen, yeah, yeah. wish we had time to tell him why Jesus said that ladder was important. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the special revelation in the New Testament. As you said, was the kind of that gap happens, and then we're in the New Testament. And we see special revelation happen in two special ways. Yeah. Uh, number one is the incarnation of God yes. in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we see that in John's gospel, in the opening chapter of John's gospel, where John essentially mirrors the creation account in Genesis 1 through his words as he uses words that are familiar in the Greek context which he, in which he's writing mm-hmm. uh, by using this logos, the divine logos, a word that mm-hmm. the Greeks would understand yeah. uh, as the person of Jesus. And he says this in John chapter 1, verse 1, and then I'll just skip to 14. Yeah. Uh, just for in the interest of time. But he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse number 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, 
glory as of, as of only the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Yeah. Full of grace and truth. So here we have this special revelation in the person of Jesus, who John is saying that this word that was revealed is God himself. And he shows up, takes on flesh and dwells or tabernacles yeah. or puts his tent down in among the people of God so that you can see that he was full of grace. Right. Yeah. And and. Grace without sacrificing truth, yeah, truth without truth. sacrificing grace. Mm-hmm. Um, that that logos concept in the Greek world um, was was, you know, you got you had logos, you had pathos, mm-hmm. you know, feeling, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, ethos, which was the spirit of a thing. Yeah. Um, logos was the was the it, it it's the word from which we get the word logic. Yeah. You know, and biology, <laughs> yeah. biologos, the study of life. You know, um, all all of those, all of those, theology, uh, the study of God, theo, God, mm-hmm. logic, God, logic. Um, they would understand that to be divine. Mm-hmm. They would understand it to be um, unable to be translated into human yes. time, space, and matter. Yeah, it was transcendent. So when John says Jesus is God Logos, he's the Logos of God, mm. there, he's God, and then came and became flesh, mm. yeah. that's mind-blowing yeah. because nothing that high should ever come this low. Ooh. And, the, and, the, and the reality of that is that, that it is a completely different way to view the divine mm. Mm. than anything that had come before it. Yeah. For for those of you who are church babies, you know, you don't understand how strange that is because, you know, you've heard it all your life. But for this culture and then this day, what are you saying? Yeah. The divine became human. Yeah. And you all and John, you know, John's whole thing is, man, we saw this thing. We were witnesses. <laughs> right. we, we, I'm not telling you some speculation, dude. Yeah. I'm tell, I was there. I touched him. Mm. You know what I mean? I laid on his on his chest when we were having communion, you know. And we could barely write yeah. everything that we saw. Yeah, we, I can't even tell can't. you everything. Yeah, that, that's John's gospel. It's like, man, let me give you these big, these seven big things. Mm. And then he got it from the great. It's too much to even write. And, and mm. that I did special revelation. So those who were alive mm. during the earthly journey of Jesus Christ experienced a unique and dynamic special revelation Mm. because they got to physically see and physically hear Mm. God in flesh. And we don't have Colossians uh, on it, but Colossians one says in him dwells the fullness Fullness of of the Godhead bodily. Bodily. All that, all of God you can squeeze into a body Mm -hmm. was in Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate expression of divine revelation. And there is no, Better than theophanies mm. <laughs> and, and better than dreams and visions mm. is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Wow. And, and I want them to write down Hebrews 1 mm. verses 1 through 3 as yeah. well. We yeah. won't be able to get to that, but it does say that he's the exact imprint mm-hmm. of his nature. Yeah. That that Imago day that he created us in, he's mm. the actual exact imprint yeah. of the image of God and live the life that we couldn't live. Yes, sir. So that we can be restored in relationship to God. So, so Hebrews one verses one through three, um, definitely, uh, hold up that special revelation of Jesus as being exact imprint. I, I heard, I heard someone say recently that Jesus is God's selfie. Mm. And when God takes a selfie in heaven, the image that you get is Jesus Christ. That's good. That's good. So, so this is where we want to go with our special revelation piece is that one of the primary means of God's special revelation to us is the word of God. Yes. Is God's word itself. Is God's divine direction as men and women are moved to write what we have been come come to know as God's word. Yeah. And we're going to see that in second Peter. I think we should look at that. Yes, that we should. For we sure. should look at second Peter here. So in second Peter, uh, Peter relates this truth that I think um, we want to make sure we we hit since this is what we're talking about in terms of special revelation. We're mm-hmm. talking about God's word being special revelation. Mm-hmm. So second Peter two, uh, one 19 through 21. Okay. Uh, context though, uh, 
Peter is a little bit upset. He's like, hey, this ain't no fairy tale we got no, going on here. No, we, no. This ain't cleverly devised myths that we have made known to you. Then he starts to recall his time with Jesus on the mountain. He's like, Ooh. And it's, it's as if, John, he's answering the accusations that people are hurling at them today, mm. that they mythologized yeah. a real person, mm. that they blew him up to be bigger than he was, yeah. that they borrowed other ideas from other cultures and myths and those kinds of things, and then uh, patchworked. Wow. Um, the gospel out of some a real guy who was pretty good mm -hmm. and then some myths from other cultures and then they patchworked it. Mm -hmm. But the question is for what? Why, why would, would they you, do why this? Why would you do that? They were they were living fine. They they mind you, Rome is Rome, mm -hmm. you know, and they got they got those social things going on. Yeah. But this wasn't going. This was going to ostracize this. Not was going to this ostracize them from their community. Mm -hmm. They would lose family. Yeah. They were in the early days, burgeoning days of, of persecution. Man, mm. Herod arrests James and cuts his head off and then locks Peter up. Yep. And, and Peter still sticks to the story. Yeah. John is exiled to an island. He sticks to the Didn't story. Change. Yeah. Peter is ultimately, we believe, crucified upside down. Upside down. Yeah. Yeah. He sticks to the story. Yeah. Boiled in oil, thrown to lions ripped apart by wild horses why would you hold on mm. why would you hold on to something you made up that ain't true that ain't true it's not as if they were making money off this deal yeah but no money in the gospel then mm. y'all made it money y'all made it <laughs> prosperous to these faith teams uh, anyway uh -oh. that's another thing that's nothing uh -oh. let, me, let me get off my, let me get off <laughs> there was no money in it there was no yeah. social standing there was no level of importance yeah you were a nobody you were a nothing yeah, and that's what he's saying. He's these aren't we, myths that we, we follow. We didn't make this. That we are eyewitnesses of His Majesty, mm -hmm. and that's what he goes in verse number nineteen in Second Peter one. He says, "And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp sh shining in the dark place, until the day dawns, and the morning star rises in your hearts." Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Man. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along yeah. by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and here's what he's saying. Mm. And he's specifically referring to the Old Testament, and then Peter's going to be the one who affirms that Paul write, Paul's writings are Scripture. Peter is going to call Paul's writings Scripture and and mm -hmm. admit, hey, sometimes it's hard to understand. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I like Peter because like, man, you know, Paul was real educated and spoke all these languages, and Peter like, man, look, I'm just a fisherman and everything. And, and Paul writing Scripture, but right. it's kind of hard sometimes to grab. Right. Um, <laughs> but he, here's what he's saying. He's mm -hmm. saying that people didn't mm -hmm. set out to write a Bible. Yeah, they wrote as they were, and the word "moved" here by the Holy Spirit is a nautical term. It's a ship mm -hmm. that's on the waves of the sea, yeah. And it's the sea and the wind that's guiding the ship. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the word mm -hmm. in the in the original language. They were moved by the carried along in the ESV by the Holy Spirit, and 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 Peter says that prophecy has been confirmed. Mm -hmm. He's speaking about in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he says, you got to hold on to it. Yeah. Talk about the old covenant mm -hmm. and the new. You got to hold on to it until the full yeah. revelation comes to you in the same way that we got it. Mm -hmm. We saw him in person. Mm -hmm. Y'all didn't get to see him in person. That's good. But you got this to hold on to mm -hmm. until he comes again in person. Mm -hmm. That's how significant the scripture is. Peter says the scripture for you mm -hmm. is the same thing he was for us. It was the confirmation of the promises of old covenant that yeah. have been revealed and manifested in new. And that's the juxtaposition that he makes here. He's saying here in this text, he's saying that lamp mm -hmm. that you read about in Psalm 119, mm -hmm. the light into your path, the lamp to your feet has now been revealed in the morning star, yep. which yep. shines bright and, and illuminates mm -hmm. who the word of God is talking about here. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what we see here in this text. This is the only place where you see the word morning star in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. So, so what he's saying is that lamp illuminated by this morning star yeah. is where we hinge our faith. It, you, you need a nightlight mm. until dawn. Yes, sir. 
and 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 the old covenant was a nightlight. Mm. It was a way not to stub your toe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Walking through the house. But right. now that the now that the sun is up, mm-hmm. the S O N is up. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. I got happy, but uh, <laughs> made myself happy there. <laughs> but now that he's up, out the grave. But now that the sun is shining, mm. then now we we have a fuller picture, mm. and we see the confirmation of of that old covenant. And that is why scripture is so important. It is. God's revelation of God's self and the person of Jesus Christ to us. It's not discernible. Mm. It's not discoverable. Mm. It has to be revealed. It has to be. It has to be revealed. It has to be. And I think that's one of the distinctions between general revelation, which reveals him as creator. Yes. But then when you get special revelation, now you see the redeemer yeah. at work here, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. General revelation, you see power, mm-hmm. you see creativity, mm-hmm. uh, you see eternal, uh, the eternal nature of God and transcendence. You need, you need s- specific special revelation mm-hmm. to see redeemer, to know father, mm-hmm. to know the, those, those covenant aspects of God, to have personal relationship with humankind. Yeah. That's that's what that's what special revelation is for. So that's one aspect of why. (laughs) (laughs) So so let's talk a little bit about uh, another aspect of the why behind the how. Right. God has provided scripture to us as our spiritual sustenance. Yeah. That just as you are to regularly have meals in your life, that God has called each and every one of us to dine or to sup on God's word. And we see this in Matthew chapter four Mm -hmm. uh, with Jesus as we go to this account, right? Yeah. That we learn that we are to dine on God's word because Jesus himself did so. Yes. Yes. When he took on flesh. What if I told you Uh that many, if not most Mm -hmm. of Jesus and, and Paul's words were Bible quotes what? <laughs> Jesus and Paul. You just mess somebody up. Quote the Bible in the Bible. <laughs> what? More than anything. Wait, they don't have their own clever statements. The, Matthew chapter four, John. Matthew <laughs> chapter four. Jesus is going to quote scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In every phase of this temptation experience with the devil. Yeah. Yeah. This is the temptation of Jesus as he's being led into the wilderness by the spirit. And it says this in four verse one, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered him, it is written. It's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, this is a very significant passage because Matthew writing to a Jew- Jewish audience, we're going to talk about audience in another podcast episode, yeah, right? Yeah. Right to Jewish folks is actually positioning Jesus in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. One as the new Israel. Yes. The new Israel, right? Because he's being led into the wilderness, like yeah. Israel's being led into the wilderness, right? And then two, as the new Moses as well, yes. because the devil is tempting him. He knows he's who he is, right? Yeah. So he's tempting him to turn these stones into bread. Why? Because Moses provided what? Bread. Bread in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. If you're the new Moses, let me help you out. Right, right, right. So he's not always going to tell you these. This, these this, w- this will make them believe in you. Exactly. If you do this. Right. And satisfy your own hunger, mm-hmm. which is a, John, that's a straight, interesting juxtaposition, mm. per, purpose and person, mm. trying to satisfy it, mm. you know, um, through, through um, the hunger is legitimate. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with the hunger. How you get your appetite satisfied mm. is the question. That's good. And Jesus' response to that temptation mm. is, it is written. Mm. You know, the book that is most quoted in the New Testament is the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Yeah. John, Deuteronomy, which itself is a repeat. Mm-hmm. Deutero, it's the second giving of the law. We're going to give it to you again. If you didn't get it the first time. You, you didn't get it the first time. You're going to get it again. So I'm going to give it to you again. That's Deuteronomy. And then the New Testament says, we're going to give it to you again, again. Mm-hmm. 
more than any other book. Psalms, yes, many times, and many of the prophets are quoted, but Deuteronomy, mm. more than any other book. And Jesus goes to the law of God, to Moses' revealing God's truth to a new generation that's about to inherit the promised land, and says, this is how I'm going to handle mm. my temptation mm. Mm. as a human being. Yeah. I'm going to turn to Scripture. That's good. And 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 what does that Scripture say? It says that I can be sustained, I must be sustained. Yeah. More than with physical food, I got to be sustained by the word of God. Yeah, that's good. And, and you know, it's, it's Job who said, you know, he esteemed God's word more than his necessary food. That's good. Yeah. You know, you know what I want to do? I think we probably need to look at Second Timothy. Yeah. As, Let's get there. Um, to make sure we get there. But I want people to write down Joshua 1.8 because mm-hmm. it talks about uh, meditating on God's word and, yep. and reading scripture regularly, right? Mm-hmm. So Joshua 1.8, write that down, and then 2 Timothy 2.15 as well. But we want to go to 2 Timothy 3 and look at this interesting statement here uh, in 2 Timothy 3 that really is making a statement Yeah. Um, to be sure. And uh, let's see what we got here. So uh, this is uh, Paul writing to his uh, disciple, Timothy. And he has just talked about all these other folks doing crazy stuff (laughs) and being godless. (laughs) Yeah. And he goes and says, but as for you. Yeah, you don't do that. Here's what I need you to do. Right. Continue, verse 14, in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> that boy, that's that right there. <laughs> hey, both of our Bible yeah. nerds went off right there, but we know we're supposed <laughs> to be going <laughs> to another <laughs> verse, right? Goodness gracious! Why, John? I'm through. I'm through with it now. I ain't gonna say nothing else about it. But why would you trust mm. a YouTuber more than your grandma? Knowing from whom you learned it. Ooh. Why would you trust a random person on the street more than the? people that fed you and clothed you and carried you who were sustained by this word and you let some raggedy person who doesn't know it who hasn't really studied it tell you it ain't true that is a whole word right there i know we had to stop there because when i read it i I was like yeah we got we got to say something about that (laughs) and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings Mm -hmm which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Ooh, that's a parent text mm-hmm. right there. All scripture, mm-hmm. verse 16, is breathed out mm-hmm. by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Verse 16, mm-hmm. all scripture is breathed out by God. God expired, yeah, right? Yeah. God breathed. There's a theos and then the pneuma. Yeah, so yeah. God's spirit together, yeah. right? Theonuma. Theopneustos is the, is the is the word. Theonuma. God pneuma breath, like pneumonia. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Pneumatology. That, that pneuma breath. Same breath. That's the Greek term for the Old Testament term spirit. Yeah. Yep. Same, 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 same word so we get our our english from the latin in spirit mm-hmm. inspiration mm-hmm. the scripture is in spirit by god it is in it's god it's breathe god breathing god's mind on the paper through human authors yeah and the that's the that is the that is the miraculous nature of the scripture and as such our lives mm-hmm. <laughs> should be um, committed to understanding. That's right. Now, now we're going to talk about it because we got cultural bridges we got to build. Mm-hmm. We got language bridges we got to build. We're going to do those things. Mm-hmm. But our intent, the why, our hearts, yeah. should be to know that God breathed the same breath God breathed into humankind, mm. God breathed into Scripture. Mm. 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 Yeah. And I, w- I want you to kind of run through that God-breathed scripture and the purpose of it that, that he talks yeah. about here, right? Yeah, you know, for, 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 for teaching, that's doctrine. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're doing now. That's, the Bible is, is how it's the substance that we teach. It should determine what we believe mm. uh, and what we share. Um, for reproof, a reproof is to say you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Man. John, we live in a day people don't want to hear that they're wrong. And this is one of the reasons people want to disbelieve the Bible, because the Bible 
is going to tell you where you're wrong. It's going to tell you. And listen, mm -hmm. there are things I want to do. <laughs> Some things I have done. Right. But just because I enjoy them mm. or because they give me pleasure, that doesn't make them right. Mm. Reproof. Correction is not that you're wrong. Here's how you get right. Instruction in, in, or training in righteousness is daily, disciplined, living a, a life that pleases God mm. and, and, and being equipped for every good work is how you minister and serve to others. Um, for Timothy, for those of us who are in, in gospel ministry, pro proclamation ministry, it should be what we teach from and preach from mm. uh, and how we serve for, every, for all of us, the way we treat others, the way we serve in our churches and in our communities and serve in our homes. Mm all should be based on what we are being trained or equipped, given the tools to do so um, by, by the scripture. And that, mm. your, your life mm. should be based on scripture. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think I, I gotta get this last one in because I think it's important. And that is that God's scripture provides his means of communicating salvation mm -hmm. with human, humanity. Yeah. That God decided that he was going to communicate uh, that faith in Romans chapter 10 comes by hearing. Yeah. And how does it come? By hearing the word of God. I think this is why we're both so passionate about not just preaching and proclaiming, but for people understanding the importance of God's word in their lives, because this is the, the means by which yeah. we are to uh, bring people to faith in God. It's yeah. through God's special revelation through scripture. Yeah. I think scripture is so ubiquitous nowadays that we don't have the reverence that we need to have to understand that God has clearly communicated um, the gospel of salvation through God's word and that regular rhythms of interacting with God's word is absolutely necessary, yeah. not just for spiritual growth but also for being able to be a gospel proclaimer. I think a lot of times the fact that we don't have people sharing the gospel is because they don't know the God's word. They don't. They, and and, and we, live in, we live in a culture that has established truth mm. as a outgrowth of your own personal thoughts, feelings, experiences. Mm. And it's not. Mm. There is. Now, listen, if we are talking about something like whether or not you mix your noodles in your meat sauce <laughs> when you cook spaghetti. If you just have noodles and then you put the sauce on top or whether you mix them together in the pot, that's your truth and my truth. Those are two different things, your truth and my truth. Um, one of them is more right, <laughs> but they both can be okay. But there are some things that are not your truth and my truth, mm. whether 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 the um, um, the Packers are going to win or the Cowboys are going to win. Mm. Uh, that, that there are some things that are mm. true. Yeah. The gospel is true. Mm -hmm. That God is holy. Mm. That God created us to be holy, but we willfully violated God's standard that we were justly do all humankind is justly do an eternity outside of the loving presence of God in what we call hell mm. but God's love is so great so outstanding so indescribable that God manifested God's own self in the form and person of Jesus Christ God took the punishment wow. that was due to us and put it on him and he paid our full debt for everything we've ever done. That is true. And it's true that he got up, he was raised on Sunday from the grave as verification that the sacrifice he made was fully acceptable. Mm. That is true. It's true. And the Bible reveals that truth. And the Bible explains why it's true, why it was necessary, and what we are to do with it. Mm. And because of that, we have to look to, live in, learn from the scripture and let it do what Paul says it does. It reproves and it corrects. Mm -hmm. But it also provides hope and 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 comfort yeah. and and joy. Mm -hmm. 
um, the longer you live, the more you will see, the more we study the Bible, the more you will see how absolutely relevant mm. it is to our lives individually and to the world in which we live. Wow. Uh, we're living in a day that is the exact <laughs> description of what Jesus says is going to happen right. um, in the last days. And that, friends, um, that, that's, that's why we are so committed to it. Mm. That's the why. And that's why we're exhorting you to do the same. Um, and that's why we want to help give you the tools mm. uh, to study it. And that's been the why behind the how. And that's been the inaugural episode of season number two. We got a lot of good content in store for you all. We're grateful for you all joining us on this particular episode. Do us a favor, go over to whatever platform you're on and leave us a rating and review, but also join our Facebook group, The Growth Factor. It's growing. We have a great person over there, our online campus pastor, Pastor Chris, shout out to you, who is helping to shepherd that community over there and will help you to continue to grow as well so we want to make sure that you all subscribe to that and we're going to see y'all next go round as we jump back in and talk about the big picture yeah yeah the big picture excited this has been the growth factor a broadcast ministry of saint mark baptist church be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and join our facebook group the Growth Factor for daily motivational content. Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening.